Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. It's time for Pole's position. So the number one pick, by the way, for the Bears is secured. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? I got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field. The human being, we got to figure out. We're counting down the days to the NFL draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Caleb Williams, the one thing that is clear, he is not special. Well, I'm a friend of Caleb's. I feel like he's a, a young version of Patrick Mahomes. Not sure yet. Not sure. Maybe not working out. I don't know what's going on with the Bears. It don't matter. No matter who they take, because Justin Fields, he'll probably leave and go win a Super Bowl somewhere. So if you go to the Bears organization, you're doomed. With the first pick, the Chicago Bears select. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons on the score. Every day at this time, we try to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles, free agents and draft picks and trades and reports and rumors. And today, we don't even need to work that hard because he just stepped in front of a microphone and started talking. Yeah, so he talked. Look, I got to say, I got to go on record. I was not in favor of seeding our time. Really? Here on Poles' position. I don't even remember. You got outvoted? To Ryan Poles. (laughs) I, I don't think this is where his thoughts belong. These are where we <laughs> suppose what his thoughts are. Okay? Right. Okay. This is our time. Okay. But whatever. All right, well. He chose to talk publicly. We might as well let people hear it. So, I kind of want to do the Jalen first. Let's do it, is man. Is that bad? No, because. I kind of want to do the Jalen first. Here's, here's, why, here's why I think it makes sense. This was a choice. Like, we knew what the quarterback choice was going to be, and we'll get to that. Yeah. But this this was a, a real specific choice. Here's how Ryan Poles addressed unprompted Jalen Johnson's contract. Jalen Johnson, um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong, um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, when I say coming strong, that means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, the term is strong for him. Um, being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again um, and continue to earn money and play well, and hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango, and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So 
uh, I feel really good about that situation. Right. In terms of Jalen Johnson, you said things are, are going well with him. Do you think it's more likely that there is a long-term deal with him than the franchise tag? I hope so. I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, um, but I really would like to, to get something done long-term with him. So, Danny, I tuned in about 10, 15 seconds late to the press conference, and I thought, oh, I must be a little a little later than that. I think he just announced a new deal for Jalen Johnson. That's great. That's amazing. That's not what he was doing. It's not what he was doing. I think that that was a tactic. I think that that is trying to put it into public pressure or court of public opinion that if they end up needing to use the franchise tag on Jalen Johnson, that Jalen will be the one as seen as being unreasonable. That's what it felt like. It, because, it felt like public negotiation. Which is, which is his right to do. I don't expect it to have much of an impact on Jalen. We've talked about this before. Jalen wants to be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. We don't know if that is to the tune of guarantee or average annual value. For guarantee, that's Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. Five years, $100 million, 71 guaranteed. Right. For highest average annual value, it's Jair Alexander. Four years, $84 million, but only $30 million of practical guarantees. If and when, So when Paul says that... We think it's an aggressive deal for Jalen, both in terms of cash flow and the opportunity to get back out onto the market and get mm-hmm. paid. Mm-hmm. That suggests to me that they are making a deal on the shorter end of things so you could hit free agency at a, at a younger age again. There's a big difference in guarantees between Jair Alexander's contract, which is the highest average annual value for a corner, and Denzel Ward's contract, which is for guarantees so i i don't think this is as close to being done as ryan poles is suggesting that it is denzel ward's contract is five years as is marshawn Lattimore's and marlon humphreys and trayvon diggs yes and Xavier howard who just got released and jc jackson who uh, got released um by the chargers as as well jair alexander's deal is for four years jalen ramsey's deal is only for three years these are the top 10 in terms of average annual value, Tredavious White is the only other one. I'll be floored if it's three year years. Year. No, I don't think it'll be three because because Jay- Jalen signed multiple contracts already. Jalen Ramsey, Jaylen, exactly. Jalen yeah. Ramsey's a different case because there's been an injury and he's signed multiple contracts already. This is Jalen Johnson's first one. I'm sure he's wanting a five year deal, and the five year deal would give you more of the guarantee. So maybe Poles is trying to play that shell game with the length of the deal. Right, and here's the the Bears messed up they did they waited Jalen wanted to sign they didn't sign him Jalen demanded a trade they didn't trade him and at that point Jalen was playing well enough that they Mm -hmm. shouldn't have but they didn't sign Jalen they played a game of chicken they said you've been a good cover corner but you haven't been a good takeaway corner and then Jalen had the best year of his career made the pro bowl made second team all pro and had a huge takeaway jump Then Jalen, at the end of the year, with us and other places, said, yeah, 
The price is the price of yesterday is not the price today. He doesn't have to make any concessions. He at this said point. he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. So to me, highest paid corner, highest paid corner, highest paid corner in the NFL is Denzel Ward. Because what do we always say about NFL contracts? It's all about the guarantee mm-hmm. because they can void it. They can they can cut you. So that means are they really going to get him above seventy one million dollars guaranteed? The cap's gone up. So I. I hope that they can do this before the franchise tag deadline of March 5th. But I heard from Ryan Poles, a guy saying, we're being aggressive. Yeah, we, We're giving him a bunch of money. We're giving him an opportunity to hit free agency again. I don't want to use the tag, but I could. There's a huge difference between Jair Alexander's contract and Denzel Ward's contract. The top seven cornerback contracts in terms of most guaranteed money, Yeah, only one of them is a four-year deal. Six of the seven top in terms of guaranteed money yeah. are five-year deals. So if that's some kind of precedent that he's trying to do here, I, I, I agree that it sounded like negotiation, and I hope they get it done. And for Jalen's sake, you know, I mean, look, if it's, if it's four years at 20-some mil a year and there's a good amount guaranteed, that's unbelievable generational wealth and an incredible thing and it is just second team all pro and it is just the first year where he's shown the turnover proclivity and he was a second round pick to begin with and the team wants to do lots of other but things that actually help, should help because he's hitting free agency a year younger so you're signing up for more of his 20s in terms of the second round pick. Yeah, in, ter- in, in terms of in terms of the sec- in terms of the second round pick i yeah. hear you but I, I, it, it, it definitely sounded like public negotiation um and wanting to make it seem good because they screwed up with this one and and you could argue they screwed up with Roquan Smith, depending on how they ended up having to right. play that. I just I think there's there's a huge gap between thirty to forty million guaranteed and seventy million guaranteed. And if he actually wants to be the highest paid corner in the NFL, you've got to give him more than seventy million dollars guaranteed. And so I don't I I'm not as optimistic. He will be tagged. He will be a bear. He's not going anywhere. But I would not be as optimistic as Ryan Poles projected today that that deal is going to get done. We just throw a number out there. If you gave him a four-year, $85 million contract, that is higher than Jair Alexander in terms of average annual value. Cor- correct. But but what are you guaranteeing? Because yeah. Jair only got 30 guaranteed. Are you right. guaranteeing $60 million of it? Then that's a hell of a contract offer. Mm-hmm. Are you guaranteeing 35 of it? Then you're that- still higher than Jair Alexander. Right, but not but you're not higher than J.C. Jackson, right. Trevon Diggs, Tredavious White, Marshawn Lattimore, Marlon Humphrey, or Denzel Ward in terms of guarantees. So it depends on which – that's what I'm saying. Yep, yep, yep. Is it per year or total guarantees that Jalen wants to be the highest paid guy in the league? My guess is it's guarantees. Blech, all right. And when Poles said he can hit free agency earlier with the deal that we made, my guess is he's talking about average annual value. Sure. So there's a huge gap there. He could hit free agency again. So, yeah, that was that was the clue. That, 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 to, to me, to that shortness. was the clue. Four-year deal v. five-year deal guarantee versus average annual value. Let's go back to Poles for Poles position. We will hear from him on the process of the number one pick and players and what he's trying to get out of this week. Now the hot topic, uh, <laughs> first pick, quarterback situation. Um, contrary to reports out there, I have no master plan to present to everyone today. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to continue to gather information, um, learn about the different players in the draft, um, listen to what opportunities could come up, 
Um, and then at the end of the day, we're going to make the best decision um, that we can for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it will not be based on fear of what could happen with this and what could happen with that. We're going to put our information together and make the best decision because at the end of the day, we'll always throw our decision making against kind of our core kind of deal, which is win championships and sustain success for a long period of time. There's a lot that goes into that, uh, but we're excited to gather that information and, and create clarity uh, as we go along. Right, you've been part of the uh, evaluation process in Kansas City in 2017 with Mahomes. Yeah. How has that experience helped shape the way you go about evaluating quarterbacks and, and things you do in that regard? Yeah, my background is is I'm really fortunate to kind of see <clears throat> multiple phases and different types of processes put in place um, with you know bringing a quarterback in uh, from a trade to drafting. Um, so again, just, there's a process that we've learned in terms of tape watching and getting to know guys and bringing them in and spending time with them to feel comfortable with, with that setup. Um, so I can definitely tap into that experience. Just on said, the process of evaluating the quarterbacks, obviously at the top of the draft there have been a lot of misses at the quarterback position. Yeah. What have you maybe learned about what goes into making a player you know, a great quarterback at the next level? Yeah, um, there's a lot there, right? It's like what's the infrastructure look like, what's around the player. I think that's key. Um, and I think that's probably uh, messed with the numbers a lot when you're talking about the top of the draft. I think that's what makes our situation unique and why we have to really do a deep dive in, into it. Um, I think the person is a huge part. I've talked about that a lot. What's the makeup, the leadership? How do they handle pressure? Um, how do they handle pressure in a big city like ours? Um, so a lot of those factors go in. Right, and I know you said you weren't going to make a big reveal today in terms of what, have, you're, yeah, what you're doing. I have nothing to reveal at all. Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally I wish understand. I did. Yeah, I know. That's what I wait. Yeah, that's what I wait. Um, <laughs> I, I, I totally understand that. But uh, do you have an idea, like, how? what's the percentage of what you think you know right now ahead of the combine? Like, how important is the combine in making the decision? Yeah, right now it's like a hundred different scenarios that you go down and, and try to plot out and you're forecasting forward to see what's going to work out and probabilities and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, the human being part, getting to know someone, um, getting to know a group of people is really going to determine that there's going to be options um, <clears throat> that pop up all the time that you don't see coming. I think I said it last year, like something will happen at some point in the next few months that no one expects. Right. Um, so you got to be on your toes for that. So the picture will change as we go. Right, right. 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 If you trade the number one mindset this year with the number one overall pick than what you had last year at this time? Um, no, I mean, it's a it's unique, right? Um, but I would say our approach is exactly the same in terms of we got to look at every option and, and determine what is best for our team. Um, obviously, we chose to trade back last year. And I think that that helped our uh, a team out a lot. So um, again, we'll we'll do a deep dive and, and see how it plays out. Ryan, you, how would you evaluating the prospects if you can gather information? Do you have any concern at all that Caleb Williams or the team around him don't want to play in Chicago? No, no, no concerns about that at all. I I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think. Um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here as well. In, in terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that you know uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams are eerily similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that? There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, 
that's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I'll give Jeff King, um, who's on my team, credit. He, he painted a picture of, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Um, so within that group, you can kind of see who's the artist create, that's really creative, um, doesn't draw within the lines, where there's more of surgeons who are, you know, like your typical, like the Brady's and Peyton's. So um, we kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there. So that's where they're, they're similar. Is there a percentage you prefer with artists and surgeons? No. Winners. <laughs> if you identify a quarterback prospect as your guy, is there any price that can move you off of your guy? Um, would it be our guy, right? Like it's it's not about me at all. Um, that's hard to answer right now because I need kind of the whole puzzle put together to to figure that out. Hmm. So that is what this week is going to be like. Last year, around this time, at the end of the combine we started to hear that the number one pick was truly for sale. And I'm expecting this time next week, Justin Fields will either have been traded or it will be out there that Justin Fields, the ability for him to be your quarterback is out there for other teams. When did he say last year, I would absolutely have to be blown away. I think that was going in. I think that was, that was, that was even before, right? Wasn't that when they got the number one pick? I think I think that was at the end of the season presser that he that he that he said that, and then he reiterated it at the combine. At, at the combine, and he and he said it again this year at the end of season presser, but didn't say it today. I don't think that that's that tough of a dot to connect. So we can hear more on how Ryan Poles handled the Justin Fields portion of this. Yeah, but, but like a couple things in there, because he was asked about, is it a different mindset than last year? He said no, but lots of pauses as he thinks about it and talked about the approach and talked about the process. It, it is a different mindset. You've it's, got another year of data on Justin Fields, yeah. and he's a year closer to needing to pay. Yeah. He's a year and closer it's a to different quarterback. Class. Yeah, so you, of course there are differences, and, and you have another, but it, another year of data, and, and and after you did give him some stuff like DJ Moore in a first round tackle, and I thought it was interesting that the Caleb Mahomes similarity question is what led to the artist and surgeon anecdote coming out of his mind from well, about di- Jeff King, and he easily could have said on Caleb, it's ridiculous to put. Mahomes into onto any of these prospects. He said some is there. Yeah, t- r- including about the arm angles. The stuff. arm angles. Yeah, the quickness of the release with all the different arm angles. Here's what he said about Justin Fields and the idea of a trade. Right. So, um, what is what is your if you decide to draft a quarterback? What is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a premium on that? Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Did you, did you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that process? Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments. Um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out, um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, 
I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, uh, But yeah, I'll continue that communication. Ryan, how do you view, philosophically, how do you view the draft assets you have, picking first and ninth? You would theoretically be targeting star players if you kept those picks yep. versus converting those into more picks, but they are lesser picks. Yeah, that that goes into the equation, right? I mean, you got to look at what's there in, in that area in terms of drafting. Um, again, you got to listen to the trade. Like, you don't trade back one, trade back two, trade back 15. Like, that changes the dynamic based on where the board is set up. I think I talked about that last year. We'll end up counting the guys in certain spaces that we feel like can beat impact players for our team. Um, so that goes in the equation as well. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity to improve our football team. And the other thing is, like, very open and understand that draft picks are just opportunity, right? You got to capture that. You got to be right with your draft picks. Um, so we understand that as well. If you do move off the number one pick, we've heard crazy, we've heard historic, all those adjectives used for the amount of compensation you need. What what are you looking for? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around. Um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Right. When, when do you want to know what you're going to do? Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? I, or, or, I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Um, and I know, again, living in that gray space, you would want to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but just like I talk about with contracts, it takes two teams to figure that out. Um, but at the same time, we're also trying to figure out the draft process as well. So there's a lot of different things with different timelines going, and that's what makes it a little Ryan, bit difficult. Ryan, so are, you, are, you expecting, are you expecting a busier combine than usual? Like I'm imagining you're going to be a pretty popular guy this week. Everybody yeah. wants to buy you dinner and yeah. talk about all these different assets that you might trade. I mean, is it going to be a different combine for you? Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Has it already started? Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop. <laughs> how, 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 are people, how aggressive are people with fishing for information from other teams to see what you're going to do with that? Yeah, it's, you know, it starts slow. We were at the Senior Bowl. I know people are kind of poking around. I haven't had, like, big-time conversations with anyone, uh, but everyone wants to, you know, take a temperature of what's going on. So every um, time someone approaches you, you're Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How would you say last year's trade worked out for you guys, for the Panthers, and even Houston that didn't get the number one pick? Yeah, um, I'll only comment on us. I thought it, it worked out really well. Um, just adding two good players like Darnell and, and DJ. Um, had no idea this would work out where it would be the first overall pick, uh, but I would say that's successful. Um, and then, you know, a future too as well. Swag. So uh, it worked out well for us, and we'll keep growing up with that. You might have universally loved Justin Williams by this team. Have you thought about what that conversation is going to be like? If, if you do trade him, what you're going to like delivering that message to the team? Yeah. Um, you know, he's a leader. Every, everything our guys have said is true, and not surprised our guys have said what they have said. I feel the same way. Um, and I think sometimes this whole thing gets, you know, Justin versus another person. Um, and I have to look at it a little bit differently. I take that into effect. That's why the person is so important when we evaluate other people that would come in, in that position. Um, but also it's my job to think of the long term, and, and a lot of our guys kind of don't, don't see that. That's not their, their job to do that, and they defend their guy, which I think speaks volume, 
volumes about our culture and our locker room. I mean, right. you've made big trades before. Would that cause a, is there anxiety that comes with that for someone who would have to deliver that sort of news? No, because I have faith um, in our ability to communicate with our guys. Um, and when we do that, I think they'll know that it's in the best interest of, of the team. And I think as we've moved along here, I think the, the, the trust factor is there that they're in good hands with however we decide to kind of pull it. Man, do you hear that? When we do that, they'll know it's in the best interests of the team. Yeah, I mean, I oh. think he means like when we have to address them, you know? People but. who defend Justin don't maybe see the long term like I have to see. Yeah. People keep coming at me on this because the video's out there of the opening segment. I'm like, I don't know how you could listen to this guy and think that he's going back to Justin when we've heard him in years past. It sounds very different uh, to me. Not that he's tipped his hand, but just that he is so open to the – he's entertaining the possibility. He's not saying Justin is our quarterback or anything like that. But Ryan Poles is good at this, man. He's he's very – this this station has graded press conferences for three decades – and normally it happens on the making fun of the guys and giving out F's and D's and, you know, it's negative. Ryan Poles is good at it. He's, he's, he's not Theo level, but he's, he's very, very good at being clear, being concise, giving you enough to feel like he is revealing things while not totally tipping his hand. I think he's very good at it. I think that's true. And I think he's, I think he's a human being. Like he's like a normal human being who like actually gives a crap about people. So when, when you hear that, that can let you know where some of the thoughts are. I mean, like he goes back to it. He says it the first time, but goes back to it later about want to do right by Justin. It comes up multiple times because he, he empathizes with dude living in the gray, but he also says we're not going to rush. There's transparency and communication. That sounded very much like as a human being, not wanting to like make a good guy like Justin Fields twist in the wind out there and make sure everybody knows that he likes Justin and, and would be clearer about it if he could, but wants to do right by him. He's going to trade him, and he wants to make sure he does right by him. Peter King in 15 minutes, a little bit more reaction to Ryan Poles. Then our conversation with Matt Eberflus at 4 o'clock. Very busy day. Parkinson speak on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If you do move off the number one pick, we've heard crazy, we've heard historic, all those adjectives used for the amount of compensation you need, what, what are you looking for? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to to move around um, because we saw what it did last year um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Yesterday's price is not today's price. 
Exactly. I've heard from many people, some on our text lines, some on my personal phone, who were greatly distracted during the Ryan Poles audio by the classic rock just blaring. <laughs> like ZZ Top. It was a good Top. playlist. Yeah, ZZ Top was in there. There was, there was a bunch of bunch of very familiar stuff just blaring over Ryan Poles. Jesse's Girl was in there. Yeah, was there some Jesse's Girl? Oh, see? Yeah, Texas uh, Love What Is Love playing in the background. <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> No more. Who's the super tramp fan at Hallis Hall? <laughs> it's, oh, it's it's the combine. I like a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good super tramp, man. It's a lot of good super tramp. You guys talking about the same thing? Why were they playing Goodbye Stranger when they're talking about Justin Fields? <laughs> <laughs> your blo- I thought that your bloody well right was an obvious sign that they've, they've been listening to the show. Goodbye, that- Justin. <laughs> it's been nice. Oh, don't, don't threaten you me. find your <laughs> See. <laughs> Don't threaten us. You guys Shane. are so disrespectful, man, talking about Justin. <laughs> How so? Oh, go put on your Caleb jersey. God. I keep forgetting to bring it out for Paul's position. Gotta have well, it in it's, here it's, more. It's hard to yell. Gotta have it in here more. <laughs> I'll hang it up there. And, uh... You guys don't need to be the voice of just independence, all right? They're out there. There's plenty of them out there. It's the QB1 decided that I care about. Sure. Sure. Well, the Just Independents got a real boon to their argument when Peter King said that he thinks the wind is blowing in the direction of trading the pick and building around Justin Fields. That was in his retirement column. That was in his last column. I don't think it was sourced. I think it was just what he would do. We will ask him and talk about the greatest football writer to ever write about football retiring. Peter King, next on The Score. I am the original talk show windbag. Peter King. 13 seconds to go in the overtime. 22 to 19, San Francisco. Tiger 12. So that puts McColl in. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. And two tight ends, one running back. Tom and Jerry Wright. One-way play. We don't have a lot of one-way play. This is it. Yep. And it's gun, trips right, bunch. F shuttle. Okay. What is the part of that play that denotes the motion? The shuttle. X shuttle. Okay. Shuttle. All right. Easy X. Okay. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City. McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. We put a little mustard and a little ketchup on it. Good things happen. Hall of Fame writer. As I leave, at least for now, I just want to say one last thing, and that is thank you. Because clearly, I never would have been in this position without readers like you, without people like you who followed me, read me, watched me. So I leave you with that. Thank you very, very much, and we'll see you somewhere down the road. Oh, there he is. We love you, King. Peter King with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. The legend, Peter King, with us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. Download the Circa Sports app today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you this football season. Peter, a sincere congratulations on your retirement. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, never an easy decision to do something like that, but I just felt like it's time. And uh, 
I'm happy with it. No second thoughts, and we'll just see what the future holds. It was a great read, as always. Uh, your perspective, Peter, always curious, always passionate, humane. Uh, really enjoyed reading about what you've lost interest in that you, for once. You, you got to crap on some stuff, and it's about time you did, sir, because – Coaching searches, free agency. Yeah, we feel you on some of that stuff, but you're curious. Well, a lot of a lot of it, a lot of it. Quite honestly, I haven't soured on until very recently. Like last year, it was a real effort to do anything with these coaching searches. It was a real effort to uh, be excited about the scouting combine. It's just you know when you when you've done something for forty years. I know a lot of people out there would say, "Well, geez, that's." That's part of the job. You got to be excited about that, and I totally, absolutely agree. And when you're not excited about it, there's no sense in trying to fake it. It's time to go. So uh, I wanted to be totally honest with people. I didn't care who got any of these coaching jobs. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just I didn't care at all, and so I wasn't into it. And I just thought, well, I better retire before the scouting combine because to me. I mean, I like going to bed at 9.30 at night, and every night at the scouting combine, you're up to 1.30, oftentimes with an alcoholic beverage in your hand. So, anyway, it's it's better this way, and and uh, and anyway, it's all good. Well, so in that vein, obviously you've made some, some waves with a lot of Bears fans and Bears media. Um, you wrote, I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. Uh, in reference to them trading the number one pick. Was that report or opinion? No, it's just opinion. That's all it is. And I am going to refresh your memories on something from a year ago. I think very little has changed in a year. Okay? And remember, one year ago at this time, I sat in the hotel suite with Ryan Poles, and talk to him for, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes about what he thought about what they should do, uh, what him listening to uh, alternative trade ideas, everything like that. And 10 minutes after I left him, in walks Scott Fitterer, the Carolina Panthers, and that's when the real discussions start on making, on making this trade. I just have a feeling deep down that, uh, that Ryan Poles is going to get one or two knock-your-socks-off offers. That's just It's a gut feeling. There is no inside information on that at all. It's just that there are very few times where you have seemingly universal uh, thought of who the best quarterback is and uh, how good he really might be. And there seem to be a lot of people around the league right now who love Caleb Williams. There are a lot of teams up top, you know, Washington, New England, um, uh, Atlanta. I mean, there's probably eight teams. Those just come to mind off the top of my head. You know, these teams really want a quarterback. And my feeling is that one of them, and who knows, maybe Ryan Poles will listen, maybe he won't. But one of them, I think, is going to blow Ryan Poles uh, out of the water with an offer. My only pushback on this would be, and maybe you're totally not interested and that's why you're retiring, but I am just curious at the, the thought process. 
you wrote about the double trade down with Washington yeah. and Atlanta yeah. and having eight picks. You know, it would be the eighth pick and the ninth pick this year, two second-round picks, and then three first-round picks next year. Undeniably would be the amount of draft capital that could build the infrastructure of a great team. But would Houston take all of those draft picks for C.J. Stroud? No. No, they wouldn't. But but let's let's remember. Let's just remember. You are assuming that Caleb Williams is going to be a day one impact starter like CJ Stroud was. Correct. How many of those are how many of those are there? Okay, I can tell you. There's Joe Burrow in the last few years. Joe Burrow, maybe you can say uh Justin Herbert, but you know, let's be honest, Justin Herbert uh, is below 500 in four years and hasn't won a playoff game. How about Russell Wilson? So, Russell Wilson with a good defense in Seattle as a rookie. How about that one? Well, that's that's 12 years ago. Yeah, that's 12 years ago. So I mean, all I'm saying is that rarely, rarely, is there a lock pick. And I know that people want to say that Caleb Williams is a lock, and I, <laughs> I assume that he's got a chance to be a great one. And again, I do not watch a lot of college football. As a matter of fact, the last foot, well, I watched a couple of these playoff games, but the last full regular season game I watched was Notre Dame USC, where Caleb Williams was a disaster because he didn't have great protection. And all all I say about all of these guys is that everybody is just dumping on Bryce Young. How in the world can you tell anything about Bryce Young when he's running for his life every time he takes a snap from center? So, so I'm just saying that I think, you know, beauty is in, in the eye of the beholder. And you know what? If Ryan Poles is convinced that, <laughs> that Caleb Williams is a franchise quarterback, then pick him and trade, and trade Justin Fields. But I'll tell you what, that is the kind of decision – that if you're wrong, it's going to hamstring the franchise for years. Oh, yes. Now, Paul said he's not going to be ruled by fear, but let's flip it, Good Peter. for him. He shouldn't be. Right. So let's flip it. Let's <coughs> say you're Ryan Poles and you don't think Justin Fields can lead you to a Super Bowl. Then, right. then, then even if you're not positive, because how could you be, as you say, that Caleb Williams is a stud, should, shouldn't you go and get a different quarterback if you think in your heart of hearts that Justin Fields can't lead you to a Super Bowl? Probably, yes. I think that's true. And I thought it was an interesting statement uh, that was made today at the scouting combine that, yeah, the players are loyal to him, but the players are not thinking long-term. Yes. I am thinking long-term. And that's a, that's a telling statement because it basically says that uh, I, I am not going to be ruled by what the teams uh, by what the teams want, or by what the players on my team want. I'm going to be ruled by what I think is the best decision for this team for the long term, for this organization for the long term. I think and that's that's how that's how it should be, Peter. I think this is a unique conundrum in all of your years. It's this is not Sam Darnold that they're done with. God knows it's not Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. This is a pretty good quarterback versus yeah. a generational potential pick. It's it's a it's unique, isn't it? Yes, and and that's why. In my opinion, and look, it could be that Ryan Poles will say that 
I just do not have this foundational belief in this player. And I can use the first pick in the draft to get a quarterback I like a lot more. And then I still have the ninth pick in the draft to get another foundational player. And I've got picks in the next couple of years that are still going to help me build a better team. And, and my, my only point about that is, and I totally understand bears fans who feel that way. Totally do. But I believe that there is something to be said for having a, let's just call Justin Fields a B quarterback or maybe even a B minus quarterback. Like the best he'll be is 12th or 10th in the NFL. Okay. There's something to be said for that. But what if you have the 10th best quarterback in the NFL, you feel 10, maybe 12, and then you have nine pieces over the next two years that you can build around him and build a very, very strong foundation around him. And I just think that has to be part of uh, what uh, Ryan Poles is thinking about. Peter, I used to cover the Chiefs and work in Kansas City, and I met you at training camp in St. Joseph, Missouri, asked, yeah. asked you a question, asked you to come on the show, you said you would, and then you invited me to sit down next to you on a bench and watch Chiefs practice. And I was probably 26, maybe 27. Huh. I was very intimidated, but you were could not have been kinder. And the outpouring of support from younger writers, I'm curious what you feel about your legacy. Maybe that's too big of a word. What you've learned about how your peers feel about you and your impact since announcing your retirement. Well, it's almost like being at your own funeral, honestly, and it's been incredibly humbling. But I'll tell you this, that I, one of the regrets I have about my career is that I really didn't start trying to help younger writers until 2013. So for two-thirds, three-quarters of my career almost, I uh, basically was kind of an independent contractor and quite honestly pretty selfish. My goal every week when I walked into a press box working for Sports Illustrated was to write the best story of anybody who was in there that day. Um, and that was my goal. So I didn't, I wouldn't say I had a lot of close friends in this business. I had friends, but not a lot of close ones. And what changed for me is running the MMQB starting in 2013 at Sports Illustrated. That's the microsite covering the NFL. And I got to hire some younger writers and then work with a lot of younger writers. And I realized something really really important why are you in this are you in this only for selfish reasons or are you in this to try to leave this business a little better than you found it and that's one of the reasons why the last decade or so i've been totally intent um on trying to help as many of the younger writers as i could uh, because i feel like we all should want the business to be better to, to have some sort of benefit from us being in it. And so that's that's what I hope I've done. Peter, um, we appreciated you referencing Peggy Lee. Is that all there is in the column? Uh, yeah. good, good luck finding your boredom. And when you get curious again about whatever it is, one request, write about it. Because, like, Roger Ebert's writing and his output when he was done with movies is better than even his stuff about movies, in my opinion. So keep, wow. go keep going, okay? Yeah. 
Well, thanks a lot, guys. It's been a pleasure to go to be on with you. And listen, I'll say this. I wish I could give you some really great information about what Ryan Poles is going to do. I honestly do. But I just I simply don't know. <clears throat> and my opinion is no better than Kenny from Kankakee, who uh, we have referenced on this show. My opinion is no better. So He's never been in a hotel room do. with Ryan Poles. I disagree. Yeah, man, he wasn't there when Steve Young had two IVs in his arms celebrating a Super oh, Bowl. Oh, God. That was that was one of the all time <laughs> moments. I'll tell you that much. That was so much fun. Hey, you call anyway, anytime. You call anytime. We'll put you ahead of Kenny from Kankakee. Okay. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, fellas. Take care. Great being on with you. Thank you. That is the legend, Peter King. It's been an honor to talk to him throughout this football season, and we wish him congratulations in his retirement. Matt Eberflus with his first appearance on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. The conversation went a lot of different directions. Next on the score. Yeah. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.